Hello everyone, welcome to episode 23 of the Loot Cabal podcast. The movie for this week is Sudani from Nigeria. It's available on Netflix. As always, we recommend that you watch the film before listening to the pod because it will help you understand the nuances of the discussion a lot better. We have with us today Adi, Max, Ananta, and this is me, Deepak. The primary reviewer for today is Ananta. So Ananta, go ahead, take it away. Thank you, Deepak. So today we're going to be talking about uh, Sudani from Nigeria which is widely regarded as one of 2018's best Malayalam movies so far. So the movie uh, deals with uh, Majid, played by Shaubin Sahir, who's otherwise unemployed, but is the manager of a small town football club in Kerala. So Majid recruits uh, a Nigerian Samuel Abiola Robinson to play in a local seven-a-side football league for the club. So when the movie opens, we see that Samuel has already built a small following among diehard fans of the club who have given him the name, nickname Sudani, thinking that he's from Sudan, which he's not. And the club is making decent progress thanks to uh, Samuel's playing and uh, they're winning uh, games in the league when uh, misfortune strikes. So Samuel, so far the star player of the club, he takes a fall in the bathroom and sustains an injury that could end his season. And uh, Majid has to raise money to treat and care for Samuel in the hope that Samuel can play later in the season and continue helping the club move up in the, uh, the standings. But then with hospital care uh, slowly starting to become unaffordable, uh, Majid decides to bring Samuel home and uh, have his immediate family care for him. Uh, the time Samuel spends with Majid's family instead leads to... Majid coming to terms with his own life and sort of improves relationships within his family. So I love the movie, right? It is a small movie with uh, Sobin being the only known face, at least to me. It is unique in certain ways because for perhaps the first time in an Indian movie, it is a foreigner and that to someone from Africa getting equal billing. It is also unique in the sense that it has no female leads to speak of. Uh, there are no romantic leads for both Sobin and Samuel. But I also sense that uh, the treatment of Samuel's character and the interaction that he has with people around him outside uh, Majid's home may not be grounded in reality or maybe it is uh, sugar-coated. Now, that, that is something that we can discuss. So I will uh, open this out for discussion. It's funny you use the word billing because uh, right after this movie came out and it made uh, waves, there was accusations that the actor didn't get paid uh, for his role and there was some controversy and <laughs> so when you use the word Billy I couldn't uh, help laughing so that, that's why that is also one uh, one reason why I said that the treatment of his character uh, may not be grounded in reality because uh, as you said uh, Samuel Labiola Robinson he gave an interview where he thought he was not paid enough and uh, there was uh, a view that this was because of the inherent racism that uh, people from Africa face in India and uh, the racism is very obvious uh, but this movie does not depict all that instead the interactions that Samuel uh, has with the people around him whether it is the fans that come to watch him play or uh, the people 
in and around uh, Majid's house, it's all rather positive. Uh, people around Majid's house, the neighbors see him for the first time as he's brought to Majid's house from the hospital. They kind of look at him uh, with, I, would, I shouldn't say this, but I mean, they've not seen anybody like him before, right? So it, it is there, it, the, the racism is there. But then the, the negative aspects are not depicted at all. It's after that, it's largely positive. I think you're right when you say that. And there is no bad person in the entire movie. I think there is, like, you see that the, the, there is this guy who has another club who might be, you know, who, who's they show as a shade of gray, but that's it. Like there is, everyone is nice in the entire movie and comes at a time when, you know, in the country and around the world, People are not very nice to each other. A lot of bad things that are happening and people are saying bad things to each other. So it comes with a little bit of fresh air when you see a movie like this, where obviously though it's sugar-coated and it's far, far from reality, but it's just, a, you know, it's a, it leaves you with a nice touch. I think that's probably one of the bigger reasons why it did so well. I think the uh, film uh, sort of documents a, a very uh, consistent immigrant experience uh, wherever you, uh, they are like right from beginning with you know not knowing where they are really from like, like confusing between sudani and nigeria to the sort of the, uh, how the law is held against them and right from booking a flight ticket to the hospital to how the police treat them and the immigrant officials uh, treat them uh, I, I think the that is something this film sort of very effortlessly documents like wherever he goes and wherever he needs help, it's sort of uh, difficult uh, for him. Uh, but I, I think that that was very intentional in this film. I'm not sure if anyone else uh, felt that way, but, but I think that, that is, uh, they don't even try very hard to show it. It, it very happens very organically here. I think that's a very good point, Avi. Uh, as an Indian who's living outside of India, there's already some level of benefit in, in in sort of the fact that we're Indian, right? For example, if you meet the average urban uh, American, they're likely, their first likely guess of your ethnicity when you meet them is Indian. But think about a Sri Lankan or a Bangladeshi or a Pakistani or or, uh, or someone from uh, Nepal or, or who quite possibly also has their ethnicity guessed as Indian. And it's it's very much like that entire experience is just succinctly coded into the title of the film, right? The fact that uh, mm-hmm. we tend to lump people in buckets, that uh, the, the majoritarian buckets very easily. Uh, so I think that I think it's a fair point, and it's something that I actually hadn't thought about until you brought it up. And it's a very very fair point. What really stood out to me in uh, in sort of the way the film is sort of set up, in, in the way that the film is set up is that we're seeing two marginalized groups through the lens of each other. Maybe in the Malapuram area of Kerala, yeah, Muslims are not the minority, right? But in the larger sense of the, of the world, uh, India itself, they certainly are a minority. Uh, Africans in general are not a minority, but when they're either immigrants or uh, in um, other sort of imperialist locations like the UK or the USA, they are minorities. And so, it's, it's a very unique community that's faced with a very sort of uni- a very unique individual who have very different dynamics depending upon their overall location. And it's sort of very interesting to observe, to see them observe each other from their lenses, uh, from each other's lenses. So, uh, as Ananta mentioned, there's an initial period when Sudhu 
uh, as they as they like to call him, comes to Majid's house from the hospital. I, I don't see it as racism. I see it as when you have a relative who has come from the US or who has come from the UK or something like that, you will find that you have a stream of visitors coming to your house, trying to visit them, trying to figure out who this person is. Uh, the, your neighbors are all of a sudden interested in what's going on in your house. That's the sense that I got rather than a sense of overt racism. But there might be a hint of racism in the sense that they clearly see him as an other, as not one of them. And also, as a, I, I'm only able to think of a, the Malayalam word for it, a karchapurul. Like they think of him, they see him as like a, an item that you keep on your showcase, right? That's how they see Sudhu. So I guess there is some type of uh, dehumanization in that uh, in that experience. So that that was interesting. Uh, and then uh, quickly, uh, you also realize that this is one of the few situations where you're in a community that is all the way that's very very Muslim, right? It's very heartening for me at least to see a, a community or a situation or a story milieu where the Nair is the minority. <laughs> The, he basically there's one token Nair character <laughs> who who does Kalari and uh, gymnastics or whatever. Uh, so uh, to me, the construct of flipping the table of making people who are sometimes seen as minorities and now are treated different ways and just giving different shades to those relationships is kind of what made Sudan from Nigeria uh, from Nigeria very enjoyable for me. The other piece of it is that. If we really want to make films about how uh, well-entrenched minorities are into the fabric of India and how those communities are really in, in no way different, uh, those communities are in no way different from uh, the rest of the communities in India. This, these, I think these are the kinds of films that, that sort of need to be made. Uh, how the mother takes them in, how they leave change when they're going to the mosque to be given to people who come seeking arms. Uh, the, the fact that they recognize that everybody, regardless of religion, probably does something for the people who have departed a few days after their departure. Those kinds of things, it, it, does a, it goes a long way in sort of normalizing the people who, when you see them now, you, you, talk to, you, you tend to have sort of a negative reaction. When you see someone wearing a, a skull cap or, or has a long beard, uh, just media and popular culture has conditioned you to view them with a, with a small sense of apprehension. And a film like Sudani from Nigeria goes a long way in breaking down that apprehension, I think. And so that's another reason why I really like the film. So like you, all of you pointed out, there is there are scenes where you can see a very subtle racism and there are, there are obviously scenes where there's, there's the scenes where it is actually absent and there's, uh, there's actually a lot of inclusivity is is because because they, they took the team of football i think that that the whole football angle is used excellently here and and it's heartening to watch the movie now because this movie came two months before a very diverse france won the world cup uh, so if, when you see that you can see that these guys really care only about samuel's football and and, and th- that actually comes through and you can see where the racism is actually sort of absent and a big reason has to be the football uh, aspect of the whole thing. So this is in some ways a sports movie, right? Because sports yeah, yeah. is there. It's it's an undercurrent through the entire movie. Uh, looks like the entire... It's a sports movie with very little sports. 
right all of majid's relationship outside his home is because of football and the fact that you know he's he runs this football team but uh, you you see his family is completely removed from that his mother does not completely understand what he does outside his home and uh, that is kind of telling and this uh, whole sevens uh, concept right of uh, and uh, african people playing that's it, it i'm surprised it, it took a while for them to make a movie about that i mean i didn't know much about the sevens but the, the whole african uh, population that's in india playing soccer and all that is 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 kind of known uh, like even like for example if, if when we when we were kids you know chima okeri was uh, a big name he used to play for kerala police and then mohan bagan and mohammad yeah, sporting you know, yeah chima so, okeri is pretty big yeah. so he was big and then that opened the gate for a lot of people from the african countries to come and play and all that so it was not surprising for me that you know the, uh, such a movie got made but one line that uh, in the movie where um, he says that on uh, 26 when super eagles are taking on Ar- argentina Uh, all of kerala will be supporting argentina but in uh, malappuram at least you know everyone will be divided uh, is, is he says that line and it, it's because you know they have such a they have a african population in the in the town all that but what it also does it it highlights the poverty in indian soccer because he's saying that when this happens these people who are who we are providing who are coming to our country because they have nothing to do there they are going to be in the world cup and we might be supporting them but we have nothing to support our own uh, nation that that one line i thought was very powerful in there actually i thought the football played was actually pretty good like i mean it, it i'm I, i was wondering if it's also this is also the kind of film that could that could be made only in kerala and not just because of the football but also because like how we talked about this is a sports movie that's not a sports movie right from sports being a very very integral part of it but also being uh, a movie where like you said the nayar is actually a token nayar guy and uh, it's mostly populated by muslims i think uh, I, i think outside of i mean kerala is probably one of the few states where you could make some a film like this i was trying to someone else and they said uh, football as a very integral part uh, you can also make it in a place like goa but i think kerala is the one that has better filmmakers but i think it's very few states can actually make a movie like this especially a sports film but so much going on there than just sports in the sense that it captures the essence of sports without a sporting event like the every analogy right like majid saying that he's going to a selection camp when he's going to for ponnubagar the 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 very end where they exchange t-shirts just offhand things so when sudu is coaching the kids when they're playing on the field he picks up when, when when someone commits a foul he blows a whistle and he picks up a yellow colored leaf to signal that this is a, like that person got, got been carded you know like just offhand things that make you realize how much sport is part of everyday life yeah Without- like when in the hospital and uh, this guy is in the bed they are so much engrossed in the commentary that they forget that the his drip needs to be changed and the nurse comes and yells at them and they make it a funny scene but it shows you how much the game is part of their lives that they they lose relevance to their surroundings or anything and it just engulfs them and the other interesting thing i i like the movie was okay samuel is going to get injured but he's not injured because 
he was injured on the field where you know like a defender ran into him or opposition team caused him an injury so that you know it undermines the team and all that it's a very freak <laughs> bathroom incident which actually causes the whole problem that i found very funny at first but then uh, the way uh, majid brings on this guest player into his home and in a way it's showing that how though you know you have isl with all the big names and you know splurging money and all that is this whole grassroots level of the grassroots level of playing sevens football in the countryside which is where the real game and humanity is coming out a few years ago sportstar had a couple of articles on sevens tournaments in navarapuram area like even four years ago i am vijayan gave interview saying that he goes and plays sevens tournaments four years ago so even the real professional people who get paid and make a living off of football see it as a place and a way to keep their skills sharp so i don't think the quality of play would be particularly poor as with anything there's probably a distribution right like not everywhere every game is with i am vijayan or someone famous playing but i think right. the quality was probably decent enough to to bring in the local community in, in a strong way and generate sufficient audience for at least the thing be sustainable which is basically what majid is doing right? he yeah, just it, wants it to is. it is but corporate football and administrations are all that they always try to cripple the game because they they try to cripple the game and they, ch- they challenge the legality of sevens uh, it's like it's not real soccer like what is seven it's not even five it's not five it's not and what is seven kind of a thing right so it doesn't enjoy that legality but people love it and people love to play it and therefore it's there see it's like tennis ball cricket tournaments right in chennai it's very common in summer months having these tennis ball cricket tournaments it's still leaven aside obviously but you will see uh, this much fan following even for those i mean you will not they will not be able to identify the players maybe but it still gets crowd so it's it's part of the local so, scene yeah. so does this as well right they get crowds and there is that whole thing right where you can where, again this is that whole oscillation of emotions i was talking about you see that there are crowds and all that but at the end of the day majid doesn't get much money though, though it was a sell out and all that he gets paid peanuts only when he has to still go and beg and say please please and all that he gets some money and then once he starts distributing so it is a, like a grim thing saying okay you feel bad that he has to suffer all this uh, and then he doesn't get paid much because of you know how the association is running things but immediately it doesn't let you uh, linger on that for too long because when he's distributing money this guy says i need i need money for bike uh, for petrol he says why why do you need don't, don't no need sleep here only in the morning go in the bus and so immediately it becomes something funny uh, and you don't linger on the previous scene the turn of analogies i thought uh, i mean that whole uh, his relationship with his stepfather and uh, uh, like step stepfather or step, uh, step parent or step children being sort of a uh immigrant experience i thought that analogy was slightly high handed i don't know if anyone read into it and it's even valid but that was slightly i think out there i don't know if the popular discourse is that that was the analogy that the film was trying to make i know specifically that scene where the stepfather introduces himself to sudu and then waves as he leaves and it's become sort of an iconic scene in malayalam film circles i i but i don't know if it's for the reasons that you mentioned nadi no we've seen we've seen so if you remember there is one scene where uh, he uh, he comes home and then he goes in and he go he realizes that sudu is there because the last time he left sudu wasn't there the, the, yeah. the first time he back and sudu isn't there so he goes in the room and he introduces himself and he introduces himself as i majid father and then he introduces mm-hmm. himself 
and that's the first time and we know that he doesn't have an antagonistic relationship with Majid because he's been trying to have a conversation with him since like the first or second scene of the movie and Majid has been the one who's been avoiding him so we know that he's not a bad guy per se but we don't know if he thinks of him as his father as, as he, whether he thinks of himself as Majid's father and when he introduces himself to Sudhu that's our first introduction that that's how he thinks of himself and so I think it becomes extremely poignant when the next scene is he's sitting there and he's it's a side shot of him sitting at a table and drinking tea and Majid comes in, sees that he's there, walks into his room and slams the door. And then he realizes he's still unwelcome and he says bye to Jamila and he picks up his stuff and he says he has a night shift and he has to go. And as he's leaving, through the window, then the next shot is yeah, he's lying down and throws his hand and it's like, he was there for a few seconds, but even there he's been able to establish a relationship with Samuel. He's not a bad guy. He's kind of what the film is trying to say. And in the sense that there is a void that Majid has purposefully left in his house that Sudhu is filling. Sudhu is filling Jamila's need to really bond with her son. Sudhu is filling the stepfather's need to connect with his stepson. Like he becomes the glue and then when he eventually leaves, he transfers all of it to Majid and then he leaves. So like that's, that's how I read it. I, I didn't think of it as sort of a... I, I somehow have your the the immigrant angle is something that I've only been thinking about now since you brought it in Abi actually so I, that's it's interesting it's it's a it's a different for me at least it's a different way to look at the film I just haven't looked at it I just didn't look at it that way at all so Adi it's more the relationship between him and his mother than him and his father that's an allegory for immigration because his mother leaves kind of pressured to get married to someone else after her husband dies. But she comes back because she thinks her son needs him. Right? So it's more the mother and the son that is a parallel for immigration than him and his father because he hates his father. So nobody hates the new country that they move to. Right? Kind of they miss their old country but not, not really hate their new country. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got it. Yeah. So I specifically want to talk about the, the idea that yeah, this is not a Vikraman film, right? Like where everybody is good all the time. <laughs> yeah, so it's not. this is not a Vikraman film is what I'm trying to say. Like you're forced to see people's bad behavior in a sort of comic way. They're not doing good things. There's a guy who's been married for one week who steals or otherwise lies to his wife to get her gold jewelry to get money to pay for all the expenses, right? There's one guy who clearly is unemployed and has no intention of ever changing that when he's just sort of running around going with Majid to see prospective brides. Uh, the the guy who drives the auto is a ultimate is a supremely irresponsible fellow. So all of these guys are they're not, you know, in sort of the transactional real world, if they were all like plays in life with in and around people like us, we would say that these are irresponsible people who can't take care of their stuff and we would probably continuously reduce our associations with these people. But what I think why the film succeeds is in pointing out that, you know, that's one way to deal with these people, which is most of us who live in the real world do. Another way to deal with these, people, with these things is to see it as, yeah, you should not place your wife's jewelry, you should not provide your wife's jewelry more value than your friend. Yeah, your wife will be mad, but she'll get over it. Uh, you should not be, uh, yeah, yeah, your friend is irresponsible and loses uh, an important document, but you'll at some point find it and you'll fix the problem. 
so the, the idea that this the relationship that you have between people is far more important than all of the transactional things that tend to take more weight in the real world and this movie sort of emphasizes that that's why it, it touches a chord right because in the real world when someone does something we would rather attribute to malice things that could be attributed to stupidity and <laughs> that's the that, that's what the film is calling into question is like why don't we just attribute it to stupidity and not to malice that's what i like about the film it's in the sense that yes it's asking you to believe people have the best intentions because maybe sometimes they do the distinction from saying that people are always good it's not what is or what is it's, it's an attitude shift of the person viewing the situation that's what makes the movie endearing and coming back to that uh, point about the minority uh, representation I, i think there are lots of subtle pointers to how their life is like for example and, and this is all done in a very funny way like there is a hu- lot of humor in in a lot of loaded scenes uh, like for example i think in in one of the i'm not sure what office is that i think i think it's a immigration based office and he's the, the guy makes fun of him and uh, majid replies saying don't make fun of poor people sir and 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 then there is that repeated reference to how how they used the gold uh, belonging to women to uh, exchange for money and that is also used in a very funny way that like they they, they berate the women in their family and then they realize that that their gold is what they are using i think that, that sort of very subtle points are made in a humorous way and i think that also points to people like majid and in their strata of society and what their troubles are yeah and that's why i said it's so heavy because in one film they touch on language gender religion community and as and refugee is all in one film but it's it's peppered with a lot of humorous moments and it doesn't hit you as it should because if you think about it any other film if you put all these different facets in there it would be very very heavy and dark but because it is peppered with so many funny moments it doesn't hit you that hard but when you sit back and think oh my god they spoke they had so many different things in the movie that they spoke about but but so there, there was that one scene and uh, no, no that set of scenes at least is where when jamila takes care of uh, sudu right those and at at that point i mean it's okay it's funny and you could see you know how she's awkward around him and that that whole bonding between um, sudu and jamila it's all nice to watch but just a one line where she says that you know i wish my son was actually in like this and i could take care of him because at least that way i will get close to him Oh man that line was so powerful it like i had to pause the movie for a for a while and then come back the it's also it's also wonderful that the movie doesn't use it to heighten the melodrama in any way yeah and they, exactly they, they keep it they, just, they, they keep it, it they goes. keep it on sudu the the frame stays on sudu and he realizes he's in a very awkward moment because he cannot do anything his face he's like oh my god i've been this like really awkward this woman is pouring her heart out to me and i can't do anything and i barely understand what she's saying like you get his point of view also in the in that scene which is i think like really well done yeah. you're, you're never allowed to forget that there this is a it's a very unhappy circumstance and unlikely series of events that thrown these two people together but but you know it doesn't make it any less affecting so it's, it's really well done i would say and, and the reason why it hit so hard is you know a lot of us have moved far away for, uh, as we get older you know we move further and further away from our parents in terms of affection and uh, you know all, the, all these other things we, the distance grows and 
therefore that line becomes so important because when she says that like the only reason if to her is, is why sudo is even is listening to her is because a he doesn't understand what she's saying b he cannot move right because if he could that he would also just you know move go away and uh, be like like majid would say you know just uh, he would walk away and do something else but because of his situation and his language barrier he he's forced to stay there and listen to what he's saying and that's something oh my god i don't know i that i that 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 entire scene did something to me i think jamila's arc is is really good uh, and i don't think I, i i in all of the discussions i've seen about the movie i people talk about individual scenes and her performance but i don't think very many people actually discuss the arc of her character and i think max you mentioned that she's sort of the heart of gold and the minute she sees him she starts doing things for him and i want to highlight i don't think she's doing it out of completely out of the goodness of her heart jamila's entire character pre the arrival of sudu is basically trying to curry favor back into her son's heart she knows that he's still pissed off and holds her second marriage against her and so literally she feels like you know how in a relationship sometimes you feel like you forever conceded the upper hand and you know you can't say anything to that other person that is negative because you've wronged them so badly that's basically how she feels like she 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 feels totally powerless and she's been groveling for i don't know how many years to get back into majid's good books and it still hasn't worked because he still has a better relationship with biuma than he does with her right so the way that i saw it was she sees sudu coming home as an opportunity to get into majid's good books and that's why she's you know helping him and being very sort of uh, attentive towards him but later on at the point when majid finds out about nisar's paying him 5000 rupees and trying to poach him and all that stuff and and he says no you stay in the hospital you're not coming home at that point she's had sufficient time with sudu and she's established a relationship and the scene that you talk about has happened right where she says oh, i wish he would stay home uh there she takes a stance she's like no this kid is coming back home with me i know you don't like him right now but he's he's someone who's helpless and needs our help and he's coming back to our house i don't care what you say you are not important to me anymore and i think that's the arc where at some point she realizes that the guy in need there is not her son there's someone else who's more actually has a greater need and you know should be taken care of she shouldn't be doing it just to curry favor with majid whose priorities may not be in the right place at a given time so i think that she actually does have sort of a character arc development and it's great and i think the, the movie always makes the point that you may start off at different poles like you know like very far apart in terms of your world view and all that stuff but the most time you spend together you you sort of tend to find common ground and basic humanity if you have it <laughs> will will take over right so i think that from that perspective the, the relationship between her and to do i mean basically the women both of those women right i, I can't separate biuma and jamila in terms of the motherly relationship with both majid and sudu because it feels like they both serve dual purposes 
in the sense that as a mother you, you they tend to be both uh, disciplinarian conscience as well as caregiver and because of the way jamila's because of what jamila or the circumstances that jamila is in she's become total caregiver and she's outsourced all of disciplinarian and and conscience to bima it's like a dipole star there's two of them in the equation at all times so it's really fantastic writing characterization and of course obviously acting as well because without that execution none of this comes through you're right and because both both those two ladies they sell it so well that even when you have this whole muslim prayer rituals for a christian from africa it doesn't come out like a you know like a moral science thing but it it actually comes out as innocence and and the efforts of these simple innocent people who don't know what to do but they just hope that through their prayer sudus god is listening to their prayers and i mean that only it only comes because they sell their character their characters are sold so nicely that entire that less of the part seems believable to you it doesn't stick out as a sore thumb yeah the the song that plays over on the background the lyrics are actually quite fantastic and the netflix translation is really good as well the song that goes dua choli mm-hmm. uh, it, it basically roughly translates to we're all here sitting caged and saying prayers while harboring dreams of the ocean that's wide and so that causes a lot of problems but basically it's saying like we're all here together with very similar types of problems and we're all what what does it matter like whom you pray to right the moral science is there but it's hidden away in the right places it's hidden away in musical lyricality and hidden away in, in it's not in a character mouthing the dialogue or Yeah. in strong background music or things like that it's hidden away where it should be in in poetry and so it fine it works like the people who want to take who just want to take the the scene and the weightiness of the performance can take that and then the people who literally want it on you know want it spelled out for them it's there in the song if you listen to it it's well done i mean the the the, the reception for this movie is is great i in the sense that i hope people took away from it the same things that we are talking about right now Yeah, it's also this shuffling of emotions uh, and that might be both in writing and editing as well but it's how this so called heavy film plays out you know because the there are funny moments that are interspersed right there so just that the it doesn't get heavy enough for you that you that you lose it so like there are things like where suda the sudo is being talked to swear in malayalam but then immediately then they will cut to how you know women are only the ones who suffer uh, but then they'll go to lighter ways like how jamila and biuma are uh, fussing over sudu like typical indian mothers you know where so that whole shuffling of emotions between heavy and light it's done very nicely where it doesn't come out as being overly light or overly he- heavy but as a just right mix yeah so it's there in the i think the specific places where it comes out really well are in the cases where Majid has to deal with the state. First is the scene that that Adi points out right where he basically says I think the dialogue is it's a very it's a searing dialogue if you actually word for word translate it he says our child is don't don't make fun of basically he says yeah, don't why sit on this chair yeah so he's very clearly saying you you only have power over me because you're sitting there and you're able to make this joke because you're sitting there because you can't come out into the street and make this joke right so he is it's a very it's a very pointed dialogue 
that's number one. The number two is the, the, the scene in the police station, which I, I really love the scene in the police station, right? <laughs> he goes there and he can't leave because this guy has not told him whether he's actually committed a violation or not. It's a very telling example of how much power the state has over a citizen and even more so, I guess, if you're uh, a Muslim, despite the fact that you are living in a Muslim-majority neighborhood and stuff like that. So those two scenes are like really, really, really well done. But but as Max said, it's they dissolve into comedy. So one is like a laugh, like Majid's line gets a laugh. The other thing, the entire situation is hilarious because Latif is calling his mother and asking whether somebody came to see Sudhu and they're trying to do some background investigation to figure out if someone gave a fake case against them and all that stuff. And like they, they, it passes off humorously, but it's very easy to see how state power can be like even, even someone not that powerful, right? Like an SI can exert an outsized influence over over someone like Majid, especially given everything that's happening with with what happened in the airport recently. It's a, just that that scene is a nice case study by itself. But I am surprised we haven't spoken much about Samuel and his character. One thing is that. That smile and the eyes, oh, I, I don't know how they cast that guy, but maybe, maybe it was convenience or something, but he has the, that innocent smile that he was giving from the bed because I mean, he didn't have any, any lines to speak when you know, Jamila scenes and all that, but that smile was fab, just crazy. I mean, it just melted you whenever you he's saw him. He's an actor. Oh, he's I, an actor. I, I know he's an actor. I'm just saying how, I was wondering how he was casted, but he was just perfect. So, so I think he's an actor. I don't think he's a footballer. Yeah, he's not a footballer. He, he that I read somewhere. He has he knew nothing about football, uh, which is why also very cleverly they kept the football portions to a minimum. And even play wherever it's playing, it's more in long shots and not close up. Also, it helps that he gets injured pretty early, so he doesn't have to play soccer throughout the movie, anyways. But some of the lines that he has, like when he says, "My dream manager, my dreams are much bigger." I want to escape from this world to a better world. You don't understand those things at first. And you're like, okay, he just maybe, you know, he just wants to have a better life and things like that. But only when it kicks into the whole refugee one, you're like, oh shit, this is what he meant. You know, my dreams are bigger. My, I want to escape. When he says escape, that's the escape that he's looking for. Because earlier you think he just wants a better life. and But yeah, when he says escape, it hits you later when that whole uh, refugee scene comes up. That line particularly is very interesting for me because when someone living and someone who is religious and alive says escape to a better world, they usually mean post-death. Right. I know. I was thinking something like, <laughs> yeah. right, he wants to die. Yeah, 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 yeah. What is he going to do? No, no. No, but like the, immediately the very next cut is to kids playing soccer. The very next cut after he says that, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the conversation basically happens when, it, in fact, I think that that conversation between him and Majid happens right after Jamila has that uh, scene with, with him where, he compla- where she's complaining about uh, not having spent much quality time with Majid. He says, uh, my dream is much bigger. I have a lot of problems. My family is very poor. Uh, we want to get away from that and go to a better world. And it cuts right to kids, like it cuts to a, a song, I think, and then it cuts to kids playing soccer right after that, which 
you know it's a nice way of saying like you can look for a better world post death or you can look for it in what made you happy here and if it's soccer yeah that's fine if it's football it's football like that this is a nice i i thought it was quite it was quite well done and a nice analogy for sort of the for the broader theme of the movie which is we're all here together make it work regardless of you know what you think your better world quote and quote is i wonder how many of the people are like non actors i haven't seen i mean obviously i've seen sobin and a couple of his group of friends in really small roles here and there like the, the guy who punipa the guy who breaks the beer bottle is also in sobin's directorial venture parava i've seen a few of the folks here and there i i, uh, I wonder how many of them are non actors but i think there are lots of debutants in this film like fox says i think they uh, have the two women ap- appeared in any other movie i think they are yeah uh, the mom the mom jamil i've seen her and the dad okay. that is ktc abdullah right so he's in pretty popular the mom i i've seen the mom i've seen in some movies the neighbor lady i don't know but surely the colory old dude probably is like a real guy from the village i was uh, very surprised with uh, shaubin because whenever i see him in my mind automatically i go juice 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 kumi kumi katta juice that's what immediately goes when i see him but uh, the role that he played was fabulous i mean he, there are the comic moments in there but even when he has to emote and the the heavy scenes he is done he's very good and i was talking to someone about this malayalam has a strong tradition of comedians evolving into actors of insuperable ability and range like if you think of someone like a jagati or a suraj um, they all you know being comedians but they've done serious roles and like wow sobin you know is in that uh, tradition and so uh, that's august company i would say for him and the other thing i kind of thought about uh, as a parallel is uh, majid is the kind of person that would probably uh, be Baiju from Rakshadigari Oppam Baiju when oh, he grows up in you know, order. Oh, the words from my mouth. <laughs> Because married, right? 20 years later, this guy gets married, moves to the city and he becomes Baiju. <laughs> so, I think we have spoken enough about uh, Sudani from Nigeria. So, it's time to end the podcast. But before we go, you guys should know that the next movie we're going to be talking about is Maria Dharamanna by S.S. Rajmouli. This movie has uh, spawned several remakes in various languages. We are going to be still looking at the Telugu original, which is the best one. All right. Thanks, Ananta. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Loot Kabal podcast. Please make sure to head to YouTube and watch Mariyada Ramana before our next pod. Thanks, everyone, for listening as always. And we look forward to having you back. Bye.